Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome to Genesee Valley Church's online podcast. GVC is a non-denominational church in Flint, Michigan, and our mission is simple. To love God, love people, and love life. I know that you will be blessed by the message and the words that God has for you today. Now, here's Pastor Tony. Hey, welcome to our series. This is week number three, and as we've been doing as our custom in the, the, the last two weeks, we've opened up with what we've known as a game show. Anybody ever watched the show 21? You've never seen the show 21? Do you, do you, do you remember the guy that played in, uh, oh, with Will Smith, now I'm drawing a blank, uh, Bel Air, uh, the prince, Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Who was the little guy? Carlton, yes, he's the host of the show. You've never seen that show? All right, well, here, let, let's have a little bit of a rendition if that is the case. I need somebody to be a contestant of our game show today, somebody that thinks they're good. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pick an adult because they have a little, you have an understanding. I see a guy over here. Come on up here. Do you understand the game of 21 or Blackjack? Yes, kind of, sort of. Well, let, let's stand right across from me right here. What I'm going to do, I have a, a deck that I have already pre-shuffled and pre-mixed uh, up, all right? And here's what I'm going to do. <laughs> he looks at me like, what does that mean? I just shuffled them. That's what I mean. I'm going to give you this dice, and that just rep- represents basically a pass, or you can make some changes as to the deck. What I'm going to do is I'm going to deal you two decks, but I'm going to deal the first one, and then I'm going to deal the second one, and you can tell me what you want to do with that second card. If you want to put it on the first one or you want to start a second deck. Does that make sense? Yeah. If it doesn't, we'll figure it out as we go. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> this is Michael. Give Michael a big round of applause for being up here and joining us today. All right, so here is your first card. All right, my next card is this. Would you like to put it on that deck, or would you just like to start a new, new hand? I'm going to start a new hand. All right, here's your next card. Would you like to put that on the jack? Or would you like to put that on the five? On the five. Now, at any given time, whatever I deal you, you can use that dice and say, I'll choose another card. I'll give it, I'll, you'll have to give me your dice, but you can change that card. So do you want to keep that card, or do you want to exchange it? You're going to keep it. Which deck did you say you wanted it on? The five. Hold that thought because I got so excited about this game that I forgot to tell you what your prizes are. Here's our prizes. If you get a deck of 21, I'll give you first is the Storms of Life. This is a series that was done here. Very good. If you've ever had a storm in your life, this would, have, this would help you in that. If you think that you'll never go through a storm again, you will. So this would probably help you for the future. All right? <laughs> this one here is also uh, by uh, Reverend Mark Hankins. It's Life-Changing Power of Faith. Two discs in there. So if you win one, I'll give you the other, and you get, you get the point. <laughs> Listen, I told you, I just got in from Oklahoma last night. I didn't rehearse this very well, all right? All right, so here's your next card. What would you like? Would you like to put that on the jack or would you like to put that on the ten? Or you could pass. These are worth ten. I thought you said you played 21 for. What would you like to do? Now, we only have a half-hour service, by the way. All right, and here's your next card. You going to pass? All right, give me your dice, please. There we go. All right, here's your next card. Where would you like to place that? Right here. All right, so we have a 20, and we have, what is that? Do the quick math. That is 14. All right, here's your next card. We only have one place to put it. (laughs) There you go. There's 18. 
you busted either way. So which one do you want to, you want to keep this deck or do you want to keep that deck? Keep this deck here. All right, here we go. You've got to have an ace. And you busted. Ah, <laughs> uh, he got a 30. Well, hey, listen, because you were such a good sport, I'm going to go ahead and give you your consolation prize. There you go. Give me a round of hand. Come on, come on, come on. There you go, my man. Thanks for playing. Have a seat. God bless you. Hey, man, he did better than I did because he didn't know what was going on, and neither did I. All right, well, praise God. Hey, let's just make a transition, and let's pray right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for this opportunity to share the Word of God. We thank you that it brings light. We thank you that it illuminates our path, and therefore we are learning how to trust you in Jesus' name. And everyone said... Amen. Amen. Well, obviously, as I said, we've been purposing just to start out with what we have known as game shows, if you will, just to make it light and easy, just to have some fun as we introduce the message in the series. But you realize when it comes to the game 21, it's all about chance, isn't it? Because you can't predict what the next card is. It's all about chance. And many of us, that's how we live life, just taking chances and hoping for the best outcome. But how many of you know that God desires for us to succeed and be blessed in life? For the last couple of weeks, in fact, two weeks ago, we talked about what you did as a church where you blessed my wife and I as your pastors, and you just appreciated us. You, 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 you uh, sowed into our life. You gave into our life monetarily to say thank you for being our pastors. And we said, actually, that is a spiritual principle by which God blesses you in return. Last week, we began talking about the tithe and just the, the principle of the tithe and how God blesses us through that. And God so desires for us to succeed, to get ahead in life, not just struggle barely getting by, but he actually wants us to have more than enough. If you recall, Jesus said in John's gospel, he says, I've come that you might have life and life more abundantly. <clears throat> That means quality and quantity, but we also saw that in the definition by implication, it means excessive. How many of you know that God wants us to live an excessive life? Now, once again, it, it, it tends to mess with our religious bone, if you will, because you think, well, I was always told you weren't supposed to be excessive. No, you weren't supposed to be excessive in the ditch, But God says, I want you to be excessively blessed. I want you to be excessively healthy. I want you to have a a marriage that is excessively full of love. I want you to have a church that's excessive in the way that they serve me. I want your kids to be excessively happy, full of joy. Doesn't that sound like the life that God wants us to experience? Well, he wants us to experience that in every aspect of our life. But obviously, God doesn't give us more than what we're able to be responsible with. So it's a growing process, right? But once again, when we look at this and look at just how many times we live life as a game show as though we're just rolling the dice or taking chances and hoping that God does something significant in our life. But God says there's more to it than that. If you recall, I said last week that... uh, In 2012, there was the biggest jackpot in the mega million lottery. You ever hear anything about that? $656 million. You think, dear God, wouldn't it be nice to get that? Oh, man, wouldn't that be a, a game changer in our life? Here's the statistics. The odds of winning the million dollar mega ball or the mega million dollar lottery is one in 258 million 890,850. So in other words, a quarter billion, over a quarter billion odds of winning it. 
That's your chances. But how many people run out and say, I'm going to try to get the lottery. I'm going to get me a ticket, right? Because I just might be that one in a quarter billion people. Or maybe, you know, you know individuals that maybe go to the casinos and, you know, they might find it as though it's just a way of entertainment. But what are they going there for? They're really going there for the sake of striking it rich or getting a payday, right? But how many of you know that a casino doesn't start up a business for the sake of giving money away? They're not on the losing end. They are on the winning end. And everything about a casino, everything about the lottery is all about chance, But listen to the law of chance. Listen to to what it says. Uh, The law of chance is this, is the absence of any cause of event that can be predicted, understood, or controlled. Let me read that again. The law of chance is the absence of any cause of event that can be predicted, understood, or controlled. But concerning God's word... His covenant, His promise, in the Old Testament, the Bible speaks of it of his, as His law. And it's not the law in the sense of if you do it wrong, God's going to slap you upside the head. It's really just God's ordinances of doing things. So according to God's law, here's the definition of law. A principle based on the predictable consequences of an act or condition. So notice what God says. He says, my word, my ordinance, or my law, if you will, is predictable based upon the condition or the act. So in other words, if you act upon this, the outcome is always predictable. But so many people live life trusting chance when there is no predictability rather than saying, God... You said your word is yes and amen, or so be it. It never changes. It's forever settled in heaven. You said you don't change. Rather than me acting upon this predictable outcome, I'll live by chance. And as we said, concerning God's word, concerning the tithe, it is a predictable principle by which God said, I will bless you. If you'll honor the principle of the tithe, he said, I will bless you. I'll open up the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing you don't have room enough to receive. That is predictable. If you'll act upon it, the condition will come to pass in your life. Come on, are you here this morning? Here's what God says. He says, concerning my law, my covenant, or my word, he says this in Deuteronomy chapter 8, 18. He says, and you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you power. If you remember last week, we said that word in the Hebrew is defined as wealth. I will give you wealth to get wealth, that I may establish the covenant that I've made with you or swore to your fathers. He says, I have given you my word. And he says, if you'll do this, And he says, I've given you wealth, which is the tithe. It's in your hands. He says, I will establish my promise. I will establish the promise. I will establish my law. It's predictable if you'll simply act upon it. Come on, are you here? He says, can you trust me? If you recall, we said this in Malachi chapter 3. He says, return to me. 
and I will return to you. If you recall, we said this, that concerning what God was saying there, he wasn't saying that you've walked away from me, that you stopped serving me. No, because on the back end of that statement, he says, return to me and I'll return to you. And they says, well, how is it that we've not returned to you? He says, in your tithe and in your offering. So what he's saying, if you will return to me, and the reason that they didn't tithe is because they said, God, your word doesn't work. We're going to just live by chance rather than trusting you. But he says, if you'll return to me, he says, I'll return the promise. Because he said, you remember, there's a curse that's going on in your life right now. The curse wasn't from God. And that's how we've been taught oftentimes that God is cursing us. You don't want to bring your money to church? Well, then I'm going to slap you upside the head. Here comes the curse. Wham! Lightning bolt from heaven. Woo! And that's why so many people don't go to church? Because, well, if I go to church, then I have to give money. And I don't want to give money. If I don't know, if I don't do it, then I don't have to pay the consequences. No, God says that there is a curse that is taking place in your life. And that curse, what we saw, was God said, it's the devil that is wreaking havoc in your life. And he says, because you've chose to not live according to the ordinance, it's opened the door for the enemy to mess with you. Oh, my. How many times have we just put our heads in the sand and say, well, if I just ignore it, it'll go away. It don't work that way, does it? I wish they had to get done teaching on this, this, because once they get done teaching it, then I don't have to be accountable to them more, and the devil will leave me alone. No, the devil will still mess with you, because it's based upon the act and the conditions of the predictability and the principle of God's Word. Can you say amen? God's wanting to bless us. And he goes on to say this. He says, I will rebuke the devourer for your sake. Man, there is such a benefit just in that alone. I've had people say this to me, well, if, if there was anything that I, I, I was protected from, I didn't know it. Yeah, you're real smart. Well, what do you mean by that? Well, see, there's so many things that God protects us from that you are totally unaware. But aren't you glad that you're unaware of it? Because I wouldn't want to be facing, you know, the headlights of a semi getting ready to run me over and saying, oh, oh man, that was a close one. I mean, there are so many things that God has protected us from, and we just never knew it because it was the goodness of God. And he's honoring his word. Some are more confident with the lottery. Some are more confident in going to the casino playing cards. And again, I'm not condemning any of that. Don't don't hear that. I'm just saying many are more confident in the law of chance than the law of God's word. What do we say that that law means? Law means a principle based upon the predictable consequences of an act or condition. So then, again, why do we find ourselves being challenged with this whole aspect of tithing? Why do we struggle with it? Well, first of all, God said this. He says, when you don't tithe and you know that you should, He says, You've robbed me. You're a thief. You're stealing from me. Now, I don't think anybody in here, as you've drove to church, saw the bank and started calculating in your mind, saying, 
you know what, man, I, I need to get some bills paid up. Man, I need to pay this and I need to pay that. Tomorrow, I'm going to rob that bank. Nobody. I know you didn't drive by there and saying, I'm doing it. I've got the ski mask and everything. <laughs> well, why would you rob that bank? For the most of us that are sane people, it won't even come into your mind. Well, why is that? Because you're afraid of the consequences, right? Well, I don't believe anybody comes to church saying, bless God, I'm going to rob God today because I got bills to pay. No, I don't believe that's the case. So what does that mean? It really means that it's a lack of knowledge of understanding. It's a lack of knowledge understanding the consequences. It's not consequences from God, but understanding that when we don't honor God's word, it opens up the door to the enemy to start messing with our life. And if you knew how strategic the enemy was in trying to mess with your life and the consequences that come as a result of that, we would say, God, what do I need to do to stop it? So I know that it's not a matter of people saying, I'm choosing to rob God today. I can't wait till the preacher talks about it because I'm going to sit here with my arms crossed and I'm going to be like, I'm robbing God. Praise the Lord. (laughs) No, I don't believe that's the case. Secondly, I would say that the reason why we're not faithful in our tithing is because we're not confident in ourselves. How many times have we ever said, God, I'm, I'm going to serve you faithfully. I'm going to get off the miracle round. I'm going to get committed. I'm going to be faithful. And two weeks later, we're back on the miracle round. Come on, that's a lot of us, most of us, all of us. And because we struggle with trusting ourselves with God at times, we just don't have the confidence. Well, I've tried that before, but man, I've blown it. And so we don't have the confidence of the outcome because we look at ourselves and say, you've let God down. And that's not what God's saying. And then thirdly, as we said last week, it really comes down to a matter of, I don't trust God. I know God's word says that he's predictable. I know that God says that if I'll act on his word, the outcome is sure. But because I find so difficult or find it so difficult to trust God, or really it's a matter of knowing him, that I just don't really know that I can trust him. Amen? How many of you have known people that have had difficult family lives. In fact, I'll, I'll share a story that I, of a guy that I knew. He grew up not having a mom. And to hear him tell it, this is how he described his mom, is that she was a bar fly. He says, my dad raised me. He said, my dad was my hero. He said, but all through my life as a little child, he said, my mother would tell me she's coming to pick me up for the weekend. And he said, she told me she would be there Saturday morning. He said, I would sit there by the door with my suitcase in hand. And he said, I would sit there by the door all day long. And he said, mom never showed up. He said, I did that week after week after week. You would think that as a little boy, you would get the clue. Mom's not coming. But nevertheless, he wanted to have a mom. But to hear him now, he says, 
I've learned not to trust her. Well, how cold and cruel is that as a mother? That you would not spend time with your child. You made the promises. You're a biological parent, but you're not a father or a mother. But that's not God. God says, I'm a good, good father. I'm faithful in all my ways. And so regardless of what you've experienced as a natural mom or dad or who you've had in your life, God is not that. God is 100% faithful. If he said he'll show up, he'll show up. If he says he's going to take you on a ride, he's going to take you on a ride. If he said he's going to show you the moon, he's going to show you the moon because he's faithful. Come on, are you here this morning? So why is it that we struggle with the time? It's because we don't really trust God because we've not learned to have a relationship with him as a good father. Amen. God loves us. Now, just to kind of put this in perspective, I want to share a story with you about, about, uh, about a man named Perry Hayden. And I find this story so cool because this man was from Michigan. And in the 1930s, he happened to hear his pastor preaching on the tithe. And he set out to say, I'm going to prove whether the tithe works or not. And he happened to be a farmer. And so he said, you know what? I'm going to take a one-inch cubit square container, fill it with wheat seed, and then whatever's in that one cubic inch container, I'm going to plant it. And then whatever comes up, I'm going to tithe on the harvest. And then I'm going to replant that. And I'm going to do that for six years. And every year that there's a harvest, I'm going to tithe on the harvest. Listen to this. His experiment started with 360 kernels. As I said, he committed to the Lord six years, and he would tithe 10% of the harvest of the seed that he planted. The first year, it took only a four-foot by eight-foot square plot of land to plant that one cubic inch or those 360 kernels of wheat. The first year, when it came in, it was a 50-fold harvest. He ended up tithing on that. And the second year, the seed of the harvest took a 24-foot by 60-foot plot of land and he sowed those seeds that he harvested off the first year. After the second year, he harvested the second year and therefore he, he tithed on that. When he planted the seed the third year, it took three-quarters of an acre. After the harvest of that third year, he tithed, and the fourth year, he planted again. This year, it took 14 acres to plant the seed. On the fifth year, he tithed once again. He sowed into the ground or planted the seeds. This time, it took 230 acres. And he came into the sixth year. He tithed off the fifth year. He planted the harvest of the fifth year. And it took over 2,600 acres to sow the 5,000 bushel of wheat seeds. Listen to this. 360 kernels that he began with turned into 55 billion kernels of wheat. And the largest yield of the crop was only 50-fold. Now listen to this. Perry Hayden, in those six years, his return or what he made 
on that was $288,000 compared to the farmers who only made an average of $21,000. I'm going to say that again in the event that you didn't hear it. What he made because he purposed to tithe and sow seed like every other farmer and in comparison, in six years' time, he made almost $300,000 to the average of $21,000 of the average farmer. Does tithing work? Why? Because you're honoring God in the tithe and the outcome of acting upon the law or the principle of tithing is predictable. Come on. He put it to the test and he proved God faithful. This is the heart of God. He's wanting us to learn to trust Him. God's Word works, and the consequences are predictable. Now, you might have said this. Well, I've tried that stuff before, and it doesn't seem like God does anything for me. Listen, you can't just try this stuff. You've got a purpose to live this stuff. Do you remember God says, I'll rebuke the devourer for your sake, or I'll repel him from you? Now, let me just ask you. God gave me this cool example. At least I thought it was cool. He said, rebuking the devourer and just trying tithing is like putting mosquito spray on last summer and saying, how come the mosquito spray don't work this year? I put it on last year. Well, listen, it don't stretch just because you tried to tithe one time. God says, if you'll trust me, With tithing, he says, I will rebuke the devourer for your sake. So in other words, you're constantly applying devil mosquito spray. Come on, you remember that commercial? Raid! Remember that for some of you that were old enough? He comes flying around you and all of a sudden, oh, tither! And he gets squashed. (laughs) Right? Come on, you can't just try this stuff and say, well, God, let's see what you can do. No, God says, come on, try me now on this. Put it to work because the consequences are predictable. He says, I'll rebuke the enemy for your sake. Now, here's what happens. Now, this is under the law, but in Leviticus chapter 27, verse 31, look at what it says here. It says, if a man wants at all to redeem any of his tithes, he shall add one-fifth to it. Anybody know what the percentage of one-fifth is? It's 20%. So God says, according to the Old Covenant law, He says, if you want to hold on to your tithe, it will cost you 20% interest. I bet you didn't even know that was in the Bible, did you? Aren't you glad that we live with the grace of God? But here's the thing. When it comes to the law in Galatians chapter 3, Jesus came to redeem us from the curse of the law. But listen, the enemy will enforce the law in your life if you don't act on the word. Because God already said there's a curse that's going on in your life because you've chose not to be a tither. What is that talking about? See, the enemy is going to get money out of you one way or another. You're going to pay above and beyond what you ever think your tithe will do in your life. I'm telling you, 
Because the devil hates your guts. He wants you to live a life of poverty. He wants you to struggle. He wants you to just uh, say, well, God, that stuff don't work. Now, I I want you to see something here. The Bible says this in Haggai chapter 1 verse 6. It says, you have sown much and bring in little. You eat, but you don't have enough. You drink, but you're not filled with drink. You clothe yourself, but, you're not, but no one is warm. And he who earns wages, earns wages to put them in bags with holes. Have you ever felt like your life was that way? I can't ever get ahead. Dear God, I work and I work and I work. I try to do my best. I try to be a good person, but it just seems like I'm always having holes in my pockets. It seems like money is never enough. It's because the enemy enforces the curse in our lives. And if you recall the story of Perry Hayden, it says that the average person only made $21,000, while he made almost $300,000. And here's what the Lord said to me. Because the Bible says this, whatever a man sows, that shall he also reap. If you sow to the flesh, you'll reap corruption. And you deceive yourself. He says, a good majority of the body of Christ are comfortable living being deceived with only living and having a life of $21,000. When if they would learn to trust me, they could be living life having the $300,000. And see, we have learned to to really think small and say, well, $21,000. And again, I'm using it figuratively concerning the numbers that we talked about. You tra- you under- you're tracking with me? You understand what I'm saying? Well, I- I- I've downsized my life to where we're squeaking by at $21,000. I- I'm comfortable. I just don't let myself expect anymore. I don't trust God for anything more because we're making it. And God says, you're deceived. Because that 21000 that you're comfortable at, you could purpose to live up here. Now, I use the number at $21,000, but you could be making a million dollars a year. And that could still be you saying, well, I got a million dollars. I'm real comfortable. Everything's taken care of. And God's saying, listen, I want to take you to $380 million. All I need you to do is trust me. Come on, are you here this morning? I want to be a person that God says I can trust. Because listen to God's heart. In 2 Corinthians chapter eight or 9, verse 8, says this. And God is able to make all grace, every favor, and earthly blessing come in abundance to you so that you may always, under all circumstances, regardless of the need, have complete sufficiency in everything, being completely self-sufficient in Him, and have an abundance for every good work and act of charity. Wouldn't it be awesome? Now, again, I know this might just blow some of your minds. Wouldn't it be awesome if I came and I said, listen, to pay off this church building, it's going to cost $400,000. And the biggest dilemma that you had to wrestle with was like, God, do you want me to write a check for the whole $400,000 or just $200,000? What do you want me to do, God? You say, well, that's a lot of money. Look at what it says here. Being self-sufficient in him And having an abundance for every good work. Now obviously I'm talking about being led by the Holy Spirit. But wouldn't it be so cool that we lived a life to say, okay God, what do you want me to do? 
How many of us can do that now? Many of us would say, God, I sure wish I could do that, but since I can't, don't even have to entertain the thought. Right? Come on, we don't even let ourselves get there because we have lived our lives in the bubble of 21,000. Rather than saying, God, you are faithful to your word, and you said the consequence is is that it's predictable and that you are faithful to your word. Amen? Amen? Luke chapter 16 says this. He who is faithful in what is least is faithful also in much. And he who is unjust in what is the least is unjust also in much. Therefore, if you have not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon or riches, who will commit to you true riches? Commit to you or trust, uh, commit to your trust the true riches. And if you have not been faithful in what is another man's, who will give you what is your own? Did you know that Jesus is a man? He says, if you're faithful in that of another man's. Jesus said, the tithe belongs to me. So what are you doing to be faithful with his so that he can give you what is yours? We are a faithful church. And what is my opportunity or my objective rather is not to get money out of your hand. But it's to get the blessing of God functioning in your life. But the blessing is always contingent upon God's principles or His law. And He says, it's predictable. All you have to do is act on my word. And we're growing in that. Amen? I realize every single person is saying, I'm purposing to trust God the best that I can. And God will help you and stretch you along the way. Amen? And God's blessing us. Do you believe that? Amen. Let's stand. With every head bowed and every eye closed. I just want to pray. Once again, hoping that you heard the heart of a pastor and more importantly, the heart of God. That God is not about trying to get from you. God is not trying to keep you poor. He's trying to position you to prosper. There are those of you right now that are uh, finding yourselves in financial struggle and burden. There's some that have found themselves in places of losing specific things. Some things need to be let go of. But on the other hand, there are things that God wants to rescue you. And God wants you to know that He sees right where you're at. And He says that He's going to take care of things. Just place your trust in Him. It may seem like the night gets dark. It may seem like things get hard. But he knows exactly where you're at. He knows the end from the beginning and the beginning from the end. And he's got you in the palm of his hand. So just trust the Lord. For he's walking with you and he'll give you direction. In Jesus' name.
Thank you, Father, for that. Thank you. Father, I pray over every single person in this place. I thank you, Father, that we're coming up and coming out. And we're going over. Not staying in a place of where we just barely get by. Or even into a place of comfort. No, we're going to let you stretch us, Father. To take us into a place of abundance and a place of increase. Because in that place is when you can use us at our most. And so, God, we give you all the thanks and all the praise. And we welcome the stretch. Because you're faithful to your word. And as we act upon it, God, the consequences and the conditions are favorable. And they are consistent and predictable. In Jesus' name. And we all said, Amen. 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 Well, just for the sake of these services, I've been teaching and ministering a little bit longer. So I'm just going to let you go as the worship team plays us out. God bless you. Subscribe to this podcast and take a look at all of our social media sites, which can be found at our website, gvchurch.tv. We know that today's message has been a blessing to you. Thanks for listening. We are Genesee Valley Church, loving God, loving people, and loving life.